Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. How many are ready to exercise your faith here? Contentment. So, there are many believers in the body of Christ, and this happens just in general, whether you're uh, first born into the body of Christ or sometimes when you've been at it for a little while. But there are many believers in the body of Christ who are living with internal discontent because of external circumstances. When the condition of our internal state is being governed by our external circumstances, we are no longer walking in the spirit and we are no longer walking by faith. The Bible says what? We walk by faith, not by... Now, it's, how many know that's easier to quote than do? Okay? It's a little easier to quote. But the Lord didn't give us that truth because he didn't think we could do it. It's just a matter of discipline in the area of doing. So in this series, we're going to look into biblical contentment. One of the great truths of Christianity is that our source of life and victory comes from within. I need to say that again. One of the great truths of Christianity is that our source of life and victory comes from within us. Within us. John chapter 4, verse number 13 says this. It said this about verse 13 and 14. Jesus said this, that the water that he provides will become in us a fountain of water springing up into what? Everlasting life. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse number 11, that he had learned how to live in contentment whatever state or whatever circumstance he found himself in, in. In this series, we are going to discover from the scriptures the truth and freedom of contentment provided for us in Christ. So let's go to John chapter 4. If you're not already there, you can go there. And look at verse, starting in verse number 13. John chapter 4, verse number 13. This is the, uh, how many know this story? This is the woman of Samaria, the woman at the well. And it says this in verse 13, Jesus answered, they had this whole conversation that I think you should go back and read on your own. Because if I go back and read it, we'll never get where I want to go. All right, because I'll end up teaching on every verse, all right? So John chapter four, verse number 13, it says this, Jesus answered and said to her. Now, I like to do this, okay? I like to, I, I know this is an account, right? This is an account of a, this is a historical account of when Jesus walked the earth where he was in the right place at the right time and this lady was in the right place at the right time, amen? How many have had that experience in your life, all right? So you've been in the right place at the right time. I like to do this. I like to say, I like to do this to the scripture. Jesus answered and said to Sean, Why? Because was this experience just for the woman at the well? It wasn't. It was for who? It was for all of us. It was for me. It was for you. It was for every person. This is Jesus, the exact representation of God the Father in heaven uh, with skin on. 
You say with skin on. Yeah, Jesus put skin on so that he could come down and go, this is what God is like. If you want to simplify, if you want to know what God is like, study what Jesus did and said. And you'll have an exact representation of how he would respond to you in every situation of your and my life. What was Jesus like? Jesus is like this. He says to us, whoever drinks of this water, talking about that natural water at that well, will what? They will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will what? Well, that sounds like some good water. You know, that would ruin the bottled water industry. I mean, I don't know if you were raised like I was. I had water for free all the time out of the hose. That's why COVID couldn't kill me. I think I ate dirt as a kid. In fact, I'm not a doctor, so disclaimer. They used to tell parents to let their kids drink a glass of tap water like once or twice a week because it would slightly help build up their immune system. So we have a woman here who's at a well. She's getting water, but is this about the water in the well? What's it about? It's a different kind of thirst. Some of you are going to get answers right now. Prepare yourself. Just get the pouch open and ready. Just, you know, how many have ever, how many enjoy football? Not soccer, football. <laughs> Sorry, personal, personal prejudice. All right. <laughs> how many enjoy the kickoff? Now they've ruined it. How many enjoy the old kickoff? What does that guy waiting down there near the five-yard line do? He gets ready to get ready to receive. Whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him. Isn't that awesome? We'll become, say this with me, when I received Jesus, I received living water. And it has become in me a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. This is a secret to contentment. This is a truth to contentment. When I allow external circumstances to dictate my level of joy, I am no, I have gone to the wrong drinking fountain. I am looking without instead of within. 
Now, this is going to be said over and over and over again, this illustration of the external versus the internal. The Holy Spirit's going to give us illustration after illustration after illustration after illustration after illustration. Why? Because we don't realize how much we function in the natural and how carnal our thinking is. I hate to say this. I don't like to say this. I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it. Our thinking is more messed up than we realize, even if we've been saved and had it for a while. Because there is a push in this earth to drive toward death thinking. Now, that doesn't mean we're in a condition where we... We can't be helped and we can't overcome because we have something springing up within us. It's called a fountain of what? Living water. It's springing up unto eternal life. How many have read the Old Testament account of Abraham and Isaac, Jacob, right? This is Jacob's well, actually, where, where they're at. But what happened to some of Abraham's wells when Isaac took over? Do you remember what happened to him? You know, Isaac multiplied. He had a hundredfold. He grew a hundredfold in a time of famine. And we, you know, Pentecostal preachers love that verse because they can take it a lot of directions. And I'm not against that at all. But Isaac went about and... He actually, his servants started digging wells, new wells of water. But you know what else they ended up doing? Pulling rocks out of wells that their enemy had thrown in there. Sometimes we're looking to things in the natural for satisfaction, and what we actually end up doing is stopping up the well that is in us. And then we get into a place of what? Discontentment. Fidgety. I feel fidgety. It's not going the way I thought it should. It hasn't changed yet. The circumstance is still the same. I still feel the same. My life, my kids, my marriage, my pick, my business. And we start actually looking to things on the outside to change things that can only be changed with what's on the inside. This lady at the well had how many husbands? And the one she was with wasn't her husband. She is trying to fill, to get contentment out of what? In this case, a husband, a man. And all of those men that she had married previously we're like, I'm not God. And they left. Or she was like, you're not God. I'm moving on. 
Now, she would not have said that. She would not have said, she would not have said, you know, they're not God. She doesn't know what she's looking for. Because she's just thirsty, parched, no, no spiritual water in her. Nothing to drink. How many know you cannot drain God? You can drain people around you, but you cannot drain God. And this is the revelation she got. She found contentment. But where did she find it? From Jacob's well? Come on, I love what Jesus says. If people, I, I, think, I think the religious people, I know why they wanted to kill him. I mean, obviously we know why in a general sense, but even the stuff that Jesus said, Jesus, and you got to remember, he looks like you and me. Yeah, he's doing miracle signs and wonders, but he didn't glow in the dark, guys. <laughs> Come on, you, you can get a religious picture, you know, the painting you see or some, you know, Catholic idea of this ornate, you know what I mean? No, it wasn't like that. Jesus didn't come down in all of his glory. He emptied it. He looked like you. He looked like me, right? And Jesus, in the midst of that, would make statements like, before Jacob was, I am. Whew. That'll go through you if you let it. Do you know that if, if Mike got up here and said, before that chair was, I am, people would go, it's a cult. It's a wonder they crucified him. In other words, the creator is looking at his creation going, I have the water you need. I have within me. I am opening the door. I am bringing you into a place. I am going to place within you a fountain springing up that will never stop springing. People say, we're looking for the fountain of youth. There it is. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And if I'm gonna live in contentment, if you're gonna live in contentment, what do we have to do? We have to learn to drink from the spirit and not drink from this world. Come on, have you ever watched commercials on TV? Ever watch a commercial? Well, now they're on social media everywhere. Okay, whatever. Whatever the platform is. Listen, really listen sometime to what they promise. It's an absolute lie. An absolute lie. I remember years ago watching a car commercial for, or a tire commercial. And they were commercialing the safety of these tires. And they used angels with, uh, like, earpieces. If they're angels, they don't need earpieces. But anyway, beside the point, they used angels with earpieces that were flying along this, on either, each one of the tires on this vehicle. They're claiming divine protection out of a piece of rubber. 
good year is claiming they were in the commercial. And people will watch that commercial and go, I need to put those tires on my car. You know, they show a kid in the back seat. Unless it's a Subaru, then they show a dog. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) If you own a Subaru, I don't care. (laughs) I got to protect my dog. I need those tires. Last time I checked, the angels of heaven were not throwing tires at the devil. What is that? Nothing wrong with getting a good set of tires, right? Every guy in here likes a good set of tires on their vehicle, right? Those are some good tires right there. (laughs) Kick them. (laughs) But how many know they're not divine protection? And they can, are a natural added something of protection in a sense. But how many know that that is not, there's no contentment there for safety like there is in contentment in Christ. Amen? I mean, I'm telling you, if you just watch commercials sometimes, pay it, you know, most of the time, are you like me? I mute them or tune out. But just listen to what they promise. My favorite are the medication commercials. I laugh. This will take away the pain in your thumb. But the left side of your body may fall off. (laughs) How's your thumb, Sean? Good. My right side doesn't work anymore, but my thumb does not hurt. (laughs) All right. The reason why the scripture is vital or this scripture is vital to this series is because Jesus points the believer to the reality of his overcoming presence within rather than pointing them to perfect circumstances. In other words, dear woman at the well, you don't need another husband. You need me. And then your husband will be what they're supposed to be because you'll have living water. You'll have contentment within. I hate to say it, but most of us marry for the wrong reason. We marry because this other person, you complete me. Which there is a level of truth there, but that truth will not stand without this truth of Christ completes me first. Amen. Jesus ministers to the spirit thirst of this woman. Jesus is helping her draw from the right source to meet her thirst. People are so thirsty And they look to what this world offers for contentment. And what they need is to drink from Jesus, the fountain of living water. 
The water then becomes a fountain of water springing up into ever or with everlasting life within a person. It becomes an artisan well of refreshing, and I would put in brackets there, contentment within the believer from the resources of grace. Oh, I love that statement. I'm going to say it again. It becomes, Christ within becomes an artisan well of refreshing within the believer from the resources of grace, from the resources of his resurrection. You can drink whenever you want from the resurrection. I can drink whenever I want from the resurrection. Do you know when I go for a walk in my neighborhood, and I go for a walk and I'm walking around and I'm looking at the birds and I'm, you know, uh, hearing the birds and I'm looking at the sky and I'm seeing the sun. And when people stop like they're supposed to at the crosswalk spot where I cross, the cars stop, everything becomes much more enjoyable when I'm living from within out. I just enjoy the right circumstances, but I'm content from within. Contentment is not a small thing. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 11 says, not that I speak in regard to need, and this is the kind of the main text for our series, for I have learned in what? Whatever state I am to be content. I think that covers the basis. If I'm not living from contentment, I'm not living by faith. If I need everything to be right and Word of faith, there's Pentecostals, whatever you want to say, those that believe that God moves now, those that are not cessationist. We are guilty of waiting for the circumstances to be right, to be content. Now, I'm going to get into this because this isn't, and we're not going to get into it all today, but I'm going to get into this point. This doesn't mean that we just lay back and do nothing. Biblical contentment is not spiritual laziness. It's satisfaction in Christ, which gives opportunity for the graces of God to manifest and work in the midst of opposing circumstances. It's engaging in a battle with a note of victory already that we've won before we see the end result. Boy, I said a lot right there. But we'll have to come back to that. So, two things. Let's, let's give two definitions and we'll be done. First one, first thing I want to do is this. I want to give the... Uh, Definition of contentment according to the world, so we can separate these. And discontent as well. So contentment as defined by the world is this. It is defined as being satisfied. It is feeling or showing satisfaction, listen closely, with one's possessions, status, 
or situation. It is satisfied or showing satisfaction with the way that things are. The way that things are. This is the world's definition of contentment. So what do we know that their contentment is based on? Circumstances being perfect. Discontent means a lack of satisfaction, this is the world's definition, with one's possessions, status, or situation. It is a longing for something better than the present situation. Showing or experiencing dissatisfaction or restless longing. Come on, it's this symptom, or it's this syndrome. It'll be better when. You know, people do this. They work, 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 work. It'll be better when I can retire. It'll be better when I can retire. It'll be better when I can retire. Do you know what I found out? People will move houses, move states. They'll move uh, churches. They'll move jobs. And you know what they find out? They're still there. It's sad, isn't it? But it's the nature of what? Of the fallen. So natural or worldly contentment is based on the desires of humanity being circumstantially correct. Biblical contentment. Biblical contentment means sufficient in Christ for oneself, strong enough or possessing enough to need no aid or support in Christ. I love this. Biblical contentment, independent of external circumstances in Christ. So in the context where we read Philippians chapter 4, verse number 11, in the context of what Paul is talking about, This word refers to Jesus Christ as his source of all satisfaction. Paul is not telling the Philippians that he is self-sufficient in himself. He is telling them that he is fully content and supplied in Christ Jesus. How many have ever, you're just, you've had like four things go wrong in a day and you're in a bad mood and you take it out on somebody close to you that didn't do jack to you? Do you know why? (laughs) Do you know why? Do you know why that is? I'm getting looks and points and fingers. And Do you know why that is? Because you didn't live from within here. Well, you just don't know how bad it is. That's a sign that you're living out here and you don't know how good it is in here. I know it's simple, but I'm telling you, your faith will go to another level if you do this. Well, how are we going to do all the things that God wants us to do? From the inside out. Well, I just don't know where it's coming from. You have an opportunity to believe God. 
and be happy while you do it. Paul is not telling in the Philippians that he is self-sufficient in himself. He is telling them that he is fully content and supplied in Christ Jesus. Biblical contentment is defined as the result of a relationship with Christ, not the result of perfect natural conditions. That is biblical contentment. Biblical contentment is being satisfied to the point where you are not disturbed or disquieted by anything externally. Nothing from the outside is your motivation. Everything from the inside, Christ within is. Do you know, I used to, uh, and we'll end there, I used to uh, um, live uh more carnally than I do today, believe it or not. And when I was a teenager, when I was younger, I used to think, if I lived in this neighborhood, then I could be happy. If, when I was, anybody else ever do this? When I was younger, if my parents made this much money, I, used to, I remember as a kid, I would think, you know, because we would, uh, we would, you'd see on the on TV. We had TV when I was a kid, but um, <laughs> you would see on TV, you would see the lottery thing, or you'd hear about somebody winning the lottery, and I would sit and imagine what I would do with all that money. Just think about it, you know. Of course, none of it was, you know, reach the world for Jesus or any of that stuff. It was, I would buy this, I would have this. And, and within you, within every person, is this vacuum for satisfaction, for contentment. But it is only found in Christ. When I was reading about contentment, there was the testimony of a lady uh, read in one of the uh, commentaries. Her husband was a missionary, and he was gone for six and seven months at a time on the mission field. And somebody came up to her and said, she, they said, oh, this must be so hard on your family. It's just, he's out there, you know. And she said, oh, no. I knew this was going to happen before we were married. And she said, our contentment is in Christ. In other words, and she had kids. In other words, she's not thinking about my husband's not here. My husband's not here. My husband's not here. This is, I've got to do all this stuff. My husband's not here. How am I going to, he, he is just as much guilty of bringing me these kids as I am. Why isn't he here? Lord, why aren't you doing what you said? Instead... Father, I know the call you've given us. I knew it when I married my husband. Lord, you know that he's there and I'm here with the kids and we have these responsibilities. I thank you that I have contentment in you and that you are gonna make up for naturally what is not here. What is that? That's contentment.
That is faith that Christ is enough. Do you know the context of Philippians? Philippians is one of Paul's prison epistles. Do you know what that means? It it didn't mean he had a prison ministry like we think today. Okay? He wasn't like, you know, did a background check, you know, going into the prison to minister to the... He is the prisoner. Guys, he wrote, I'm content in all circumstances, while he was chained to a guard. How bad do you have it? How rough is your life when in five minutes I'm going to let you go? You're going to go do all the fun stuff you want to do. Get in your car. Not walk anywhere. Get in your vehicle to go live in a land where God has given us freedom. How bad is it? How bad is it? See, if we're discontent, what happens? What has happened? Our focus has gone from Christ, because if you're focused on him, there is no disappointment. How can you have disappointment when you're looking at him? How can you live with high levels of frustration when you're looking at him? Is there any frustration in him? When you drink of the well of everlasting life, does discontent, frustration, irritation, I just can't do this anymore, does that come out of that living water? No, it doesn't. Amen? That's good, isn't it? Man, that was, that helped me. Now we just have to do it, which means you're going to notice through your days where you go, you, you start to feel your mind and your emotion and your flesh start pulling away from eternal water trying to look for, if I just had this boat for fishing, then if, if my kids would just do you know that boss of mine? Lord, I just asked you to give me a new boss. And the Holy Ghost is saying, the boss is not your problem. And I just prophesied. Sorry, I didn't hit the drums. Thus saith the Lord. <laughs> I'm speaking by the Spirit of God. The problem is here. Amen? Joy, would you come? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to give people an opportunity to receive Christ, watching online as well. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse number 11 says that the Lord has planted eternity in men's hearts and minds, that he has divinely implanted a sense of purpose working through the ages, which nothing under the sun but God can satisfy, is what the Amplified says. 
John chapter 3, verse number 16 and 17 tells us that God loves us and he doesn't want us to perish. We know from Isaiah 59, 2, Romans 3, 23, and James 2, 10, that all have sinned and sin causes separation from God. We know that heaven is a free gift and no one can earn it or deserve it. And we see this from Romans chapter 6, verse number 23. And we see it in Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9. We know that God wanted us to be brought back into relationship with him. And he did so much so that Romans 5, 8 and 9 says he demonstrated his own love toward us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We know that we receive God's forgiveness through faith by trusting in Christ, Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're in here today and you haven't received Christ, I want to give you that opportunity. If you'd raise your hand where you're at, I'd like to pray with you. Or even rededicate your life to the Lord as well. I don't want you to miss this opportunity. You see anybody online, Michael? Just put your hand up to me if, if you do. Father, we just thank you. Am I missing somebody? Raise your hand if you would. Oh, yes, I see you. Thank you. Let's all pray this together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus, who came to this earth, lived a sinless life, died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose from the dead so I could receive forgiveness, become your child, and receive the gift of eternal life. I come to you now and repent of my sin. I not only receive your gift of forgiveness, but I give you my whole life and my whole heart. I believe you have accepted me because Jesus said, the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. You also said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank you for saving me, making me your child, and helping me to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, you can look up at me. If you prayed that prayer, we do have altar care workers available and they do have new believers packs for you that we'd like you to get uh, before you go. Or if you just, maybe, you, maybe you've already received that pack. Maybe you just need prayer for something else. That's why they're here. Whether it be physical healing, baptism, the Holy Spirit, any need that you might have, they're equipped to pray with you and believe with you. Did you receive anything from the word of God? Take some tools with you. Apply that word. Amen. Enjoy your weekend and be content in Christ. Amen. Be thankful. Enjoy the whole thing. Bless you guys. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.